Graceland, this is your Christmas party. Moe Racing Club presents Ian Grant's Caravan's Christmas Party Race Day, Friday, December 8. Celebrate the end of 2023 with a day at the races that's got it all, even Santa. Moe Cup Day is perfect for friends, social groups and work breakups. Party on the lawns or book a package for the pub marquee, Santa's shack or the hillside pavilion. And after the last, rock on to a live show from Credence Clearwater Survival. Moe turns on a Christmas cracker. Check the tickets and packages now at moeracingclub.com.au. Will he tip the card? I know I've said it before, but given the, the series of events that leads me into your studio today, Michael, I think there is something happening. There's something in the air. We'll tip the card here. I'll tip the card this weekend. Mick Sharkey joins Racing Pulse to preview the big races in Friday Form Focus. Sharky's here. Don Harley's here. Um, Tony and Jess from Pataki are out the back, ready to shower us in hams, which is an, our, our annual... Shower us in hams. There's a niche market for that. It'd be a heavy shower, actually, wouldn't it? It would. Like, you need <laughs> a helmet. you need niche markets and stuff like that. Hello, Don. Interrupt. Hello, Matthew. Great to be with you. Don and I were out the back before comparing Perth's beaches, because that's where I'm heading a couple of weeks to farewell... Ollie, who oh, so am I. I. Oh, you're coming too, aren't I've you? I've organised a very nice lunch for us on the Friday. Have you? Because I want to hook up with the uh, Perth Tab radio guys as well. So. Okay, that would be good. If and Don and I have both decided that we'll be body surfing at City Beach. Now, that's not body what we said. Tell the Beach. listeners, when I was asked for the best beach in Perth, I responded Swanbourne, and your response was, that's is the that the nude beach? beach? And then you went on further to say you'd been there. I accidentally went there three years ago when I was over there, because there was a Kitty surf carnival at the main beach, and it was just too busy. And I thought that beach up further looks a bit vacant. <laughs> so this is the weirdest segue to a ham conversation yeah, that I've ever had. But yeah, Matty yeah. Stewart going, Matty Stewart is probably wanna, you know there's I, a ham aspect there. I didn't want to be one out in that particular beach that Don goes to all the time, so I had to sort of get into it. So to speak. <laughs> I think if and you're going to go sunburnt in the most bizarre. Well, if you're going to go to a nude beach, I think you have to go on your own, don't you? Isn't it? I don't want witnesses. Don't know if you want to go with a, <laughs> a, a posse. So anyway, what we established is Don's a Perth boy, and his main beach is the clothing optional beach. So yes, and, and a beautiful part. So if anyone is going over for the Winter Bottom this weekend, or indeed any of the other remaining races in the Pinnacles Carnival, couldn't recommend the Perth beaches enough, or the Cot Beach Hotel, or the Shore House. So it's a Shore good, House good is plug the one. For them. Yep. <laughs> Someone says only fan hams. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the SMS machine. Uh, now listen, Tim Bailey's out. on the line to distract us. Clifford Brown is going to join us. He's got the Inferno. Can he run 1400? Mike Maroney, Banker's Choice. Wine Shop Dave to tell the story about how he saved my life last night at a barbecue. What? And Cindy Alderson, who sent me photos of the world's biggest cat. And she's oh, got jigsaw running. You are uh, starting to sound more and more like human clickbait. As, as we go on, you've got a cat story, a life-saving story. It's like that, uh, what's that, Take 5 magazine? That's you've yeah. become that. Well, well, I'm telling you, well, Wine Shop Dave insisted on coming on because he's claiming that he, uh, I owe him my, li- his li- my life. So <laughs> I look forward to that. Tim Bailey's going to some, knock some sense into us. How are you, Tim? I'm well, thanks, Matty. Yourself? Not too bad. Well, I survived a near-death experience last night, which Wine Shop Dave's going to tell us about later. But other than that, I'm fine. <laughs> Good to hear. How's your track? Yeah, track's in good order. We've had, as people would know, we've had a good amount of rain this week, uh, 30 mils. Um, people might be surprised. We're actually putting a little bit of irrigation now. We're sort of in between a three and a four this morning. Uh, we've got that horrible forecast of zero to four today and zero to four tomorrow. So we couldn't afford to put nothing on. It's that uh, in-betweeny annoying forecast, isn't it? 
It is. If we put nothing on and, and we get the zero rainfall, which is a good chance, we'd be here at five in the morning trying to get on eight or ten millimetres and that would probably end in tears. So uh, <laughs> probably having the old-fashioned each-way bet and putting on five millimetres now. If we get, if we get you know, four to eight millimetres over the next couple of days, that's fine. We'll be in that four, four absolute worst-case scenario, five range. Um, but it sets us up nicely that we can then review in the morning an absolute worst-case scenario, zero rain. We may have to put on two millimetres or something, which it takes literally 20 minutes here. Now, we had a leaderish issue recently. The rail's out five from a previous true. Is What's that effect is that going to have? Yeah, the track's in terrific order. Uh, I suppose just to touch on, obviously, yeah, two two weeks ago, the rail was in true, no doubt, on speed on speed day, most of the day. Um, just, re- just reviewing that, I think there was probably about three three, uh, three reasons for that or three items that contributed to it. One, it was certainly a bit thinner, but like the track was mowed. I think a couple of people suggested we'd mowed the height, uh, the track lower on the inside. Certainly, certainly not. We would never do that. But it was just a bit thinner from all the recent racing, so it wasn't as lush and it dried out quicker. There was a, quite a blowy day and it dried out quicker and, and I suppose quicken up those lanes a bit more than we would have liked. Uh, it was a pretty strong southerly that day, so southerly winds traditionally will assist on speed anyway. And I think another thing that needs touching on, and probably at, at, at a later date, the, um, the amount of irrigation we need to put on these tracks now to you know to hold a good fall for the fall on the during the day uh, is certainly a contributing factor in let's call it lanes in, in creating lanes because the, the sort of the softer your, your profile is, the more compaction you'll get from um, from tractors and, and things right. like that. Yeah. And that um, you know, and, and I think we're seeing that you know, unfortunately around the state with abandonments of a couple of couple of you know meetings lately and, and that. So that's, as I said, that's probably a, maybe a good discussion for, an, for another time. But well, I actually, a, we can have yeah, a little bit of it now because you touched on it too and, it, and, and there was a byproduct of the, the good four and, that, and that's the, the fiddly watering that they tend to do at these tracks with limited resources, uh, you know, the volunteer picnic clubs, and I think they struggle to achieve that goal and I think it backfires. Exactly. Look, I, we, um, you know, Mert, you, you're a big uh, picnic fan, Matty, and um, Jason Kerr, who most people would wear, you know, was a truck manager here for many, many years. He's, his brother's got a property at Mert, and then we're, we're actually trying to help the Merton racetrack. They've got a once-a-year day, which is a great day, New Year's Day. And um, I know they're really under the pressure, too, to try to present a, a track with genuine give for their, you know, and Merton in December can get hot as Hades and for their, for their once-a-meeting year. And, and it's, it's surprising now that even the picnic tracks are really under the pump. And unfortunately, I think we always see Alexandra, yay, abandoned recently, which, Kilmore, which know, he didn't go the distance. Nah, yeah, that's right. And unfortunately, the Kilmore card last Sunday, and mm. I think most of them are just due to irrigation. And and I understand it. I, I get it. I'm not the one who has to take the you know the horses home and patch them up. And you know all the you know people highly respected and, and great industry people like Mick Price will tell us that yeah, they've got to have genuine give with the current uh, stock uh, we've bred in Australia. And so I, I understand that, but. Unfortunately, that that sort of does create issues with tracks, which we have discussed. You know, we, we discussed with uh, Racing Victoria probably. You know, when when this, you know, probably in the last decades, discussed many a times that there will be issues created from mm-hmm. it. and it's um, you know, and there are a lot of issues. You know, we get a lot of power annual in tracks now. You know, Flemington and Caulfield, Sandown in particular, are just full of power annual um, because of the. Mm-hmm. 
with heavy irrigation, we have to apply. And, um, you know, and as I said, we do get lanes. I mean, there's no doubt the firmer you track, the fairer they race because you don't get that compaction. You know, it's, it, they're even across. So, um, and most of the picnic people say that those old geldings inevitably that run around the picnics are, are pretty hardened to uh, whatever Mother Nature serves up. But you might be right. It's probably an extended chat for another day. But you made your point, Tim, and I, and I think it will resonate with many people. No worries. Thanks, Matty. Tim Bailey there. This is what we look forward to every year here, Shark, and that's the arrival of Tony and Jess and a boot full of ham. We certainly look forward to that more than your nude beach stories, Matt. There's a couple of SMSs. Someone's having a go at you. It warms our hearts to know that Shark has organised a nice lunch for you in Perth. How thrilling. So they're accusing you of being self-indulgent. Probably could have got your hand then, glazed at that beach, we had five Maddie. minutes about, about your nude beach. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm being a nice guy I've, and I'm I've, I've getting got re- slapped around. I'm now regretting the whole everything now. So we're oh, bring, let's bring Tony and Jess <laughs> in to, to, to put some sense into this. Hello, Jess. How are you? Good morning. Well, how are you? No, I'm very well. Tony, how are you, mate? Tony's <laughs> <laughs> Lovely to be here again. Is that the biggest one, time. Tony, that no, you're bringing to us, that one? Just the modest one. How many have, we, how many have you bought in? Just a lazy dozen. Oh, beautiful. beautiful. You know, there was a, an inquiry last year. I was accused of taking more than my share, and they're still looking through the CCT footage. You can't help that, can No, you? I know. <laughs> did I tip you a winner last year when you came in? You did, and that's why I'm back again. Right, OK. <laughs> hey, just quickly, with Pataki, just come a bit closer to the mics, guys. Sure. How... Um, just give us a, a sense of scale, Jess, about how many Pataki hams will be sold and consumed in the next... Eight weeks. We like to think we like to help feed a nation at Christmas time. I think Christmas is a ham on a plate in the middle of the table with the family at home. So too many, too many. Tony, what's the what's the backstory with Batoki? Who was Mr. Batoki or Mrs. Batoki? Uh, it was Modesto Batoki in 72. He had a vision and he had a passion and he had a skill. He was a really good small goods maker. So he decided to commercialise the business. Bought 10 acres in Thomastown. And uh, he passed away about 20 years ago and his two sons, John and Andrew, decided to take it to a new level. And uh, they've done a fantastic job. Um, one of the things about Bataki, which have done well, is maintained their uh, extremely high quality in their, all their products. And to do it on a commercial scale is, is the real challenge and they do it well. They are. Uh, everyone who I went to the supermarket with the kids the other day and the first hams were sitting there, the first Batakis and... They just, like everyone just says, God, I love Christmas ham. So it's going to go crazy. And thanks for bringing the stuff in too. Pleasure. Now, Lovely to be here. Pressure's on. Can you, have you got a tip for me this year? Can we square up? Uh, a tip is buy a Bataki ham this Christmas. <laughs> what are they, What roughly what are we paying? So that massive one that you got there, what's, what, what's that going to cost me if I walk into Coles? Jess. I think they're about $13 a kilo this year. So pop in of all sizes, whether it's small, large, to feed a family, there's the, there's the perfect size for you. So. And are they, do they come glazed and unglazed? No, that's up to you. Right. Have a, have a good Google. I'm sure there's many a glaze out there, whether you're on sweet or savoury, so you can put your own twist on it. Bourbon and maple syrup. Honey. What's that, Chuck? Bourbon and maple syrup. Bourbon and maple syrup. Uh, something honey-related would be good, I'm sure. Yep, chilli and orange, chilli mango. Uh, Go yeah, for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, there's plenty of uh, glazing sort of uh, methods and uh, everyone's got their own. And our website's got a few ideas. We're, we're launching our new website today. Yep. So look look it up, batoki.com.au. Beautiful. You might find something interesting there. So. A lot of mouth-watering pictures on there, I would imagine, too. Absolutely. <laughs> what was the winner I tipped you last year, Tony? Uh, a long time ago. Was it 
That was the name of the horse? Or? It was, actually. It was. It got backed in. Yeah, all right. Uh, well, oh, thank well, you. I know you're going to be here for a little while, so I'm under pressure. I'm going to I'm going to find one for you. We may even glean something from Cliff Brown, Mike Maroney, or Cindy uh, Alderson in the next 45 minutes to, to help us all out. I'm all ears. Good on you, Tony. Good on you, Jess. Thanks thank for you. popping in. Thank you. Lovely to be here. All right. Here. Thank you. Cliffy Brown's going to join us, but we might even take a short break because we, we are at 17 minutes past nine. So we'll take a short break and then we'll come back with Sir Clifford Brown. Inside the weekend's biggest races, RSN 927's Racing Pulse and Friday Form Focus. Which is brought to you by Murray Racing Club. Check out the tickets and packages now for Murray's Ian Grant's Caravan's Christmas Party Race Day. Say that quickly. Friday, December 8th. More at moeracingclub.com.au. Cliff Brown, the great Cliff Brown is on the line, gentlemen, because he's going to tell us whether Inferno, the Inferno can run out a winning 1,400 in the Kevin Heffernan Stakes. How are you, Cliff? Good, Matty. How are you? I'm very well. Yeah. All's good? Yeah, yeah all's fine. Geelong have recruited okay over the off-season, I believe? Oh, it's like any true supporter. We're full of confidence right now, so it's great. It's a great oh. feeling. The Kevin Heffernan stakes, you'd have fond memories of Kevin Heffernan, wouldn't you? Oh, look, yes. I'm really good mates with his son, Danny. So I uh, train a horse for Danny, but we've been friends for a long time. So, uh, yeah, I remember Kevin fondly. I've got Don Harley here from the tab. Don, what odds is the Inferno? Has there been much activity his I way in the Kevin Heffernan? tell you, it's currently on the fourth line of betting with us. It had been put up as a $5 chance, just gets out to six fifty. And as far as the tab book is concerned, it's currently the sixth most popular in the race. He would have loved Sandown Hillside in the old incarnation of this cliff, but uh, that's not the case. Is he? How's he going to? How's he going to get track around Caulfield and win this race? Well, look, Matty, it's a great question. He's had two runs at Caulfield. Uh, the first one, he just wasn't fit enough, and that was a long time ago. And the other day, I really have no explanation for it. I don't know what went wrong. So, uh, yeah, it's, most times I have a fair handle of where or why, what happened. And I thought his two first up runs were really good and I headed off the court field really happy with him. But unfortunately, it didn't, uh, didn't go that way. Hey, Cliff, Mick Sharkey here. Uh, we've seen this horse yes. winning over 14 and 1,600 in Singapore while he was over there a few years ago, but we've only seen him sort of out to this distance last start while he's been in Australia. Any reason why you've, you've just purely kept him to the shorter sprint trips and, and not given him the, the chance at 14? Uh, yeah, Mick, most times something's gone wrong along the way that it hasn't allowed us to get there. So uh, he's, he's always had an issue with his feet. He got balloted out of one race in Queensland. Uh, a couple of times in preps, things have just gone wrong. You know, the lightning stakes, he got clean bowled that day. And I really think that took him a long time to get over that. You know, at the time you think, gee, that was nasty. But I think the long-term effects physically and probably a little bit mentally um, have taken a while. Be nice to pull this off, wouldn't it? Because he came over from Singapore as your flagship horse, and as you say, things often didn't go right. But it'd be nice to nail one like this, wouldn't it, with the Inferno? Oh, look, it'd be fantastic. I think it's forgotten though. He, he has won a Group Two here. He narrowly got beaten in a Group One, and you know that was a really good prep. And then after that, as I said, the Lightning first up. Um, from that point on, nothing's gone how you'd like it to. All right. So, final word on the Inferno. Look, I think he's really well. He looks great. He's just got back from the beach. He had a lovely time down there. And um, if, he, if he can forgive him one run, uh, you know, as I said, those two runs at the Valley were really good. You know, does he not like Caulfield? I'm not sure. So tomorrow will tell us. Um, but I think he's in a really good spot. So, you know, physically and that, he seems really well. Terrific. Good on you, Clifford. Thanks for that. 
Okay. Bye-bye. Cliffy Brown there. What do you... Just face value, Shark? The Inferno? He... I've, I've liked this Mark horse Hunter, in I previous was querying preps. his ability to run 1,400. Oh, I, don't, I don't know. He's won over a mile, so don't don't know. He's He's gone further than 1,400 and, and won in decent company. Uh, Has won over I, the 1,400 as well, the Inferno. Yeah. I'd just love to see him win a race again. Mm. He's they, been, they can lose the habit a bit, can't they? Well, maybe that's the case with this fella. You know, has he... I'm just looking back through his record. I don't think he's won since he's been in Australia, but he's he's run some really, really good races. He has, actually. Mooney Valley mm. won the McEwen way back in his first prep. I reckon it was his second start or so here, but that's a long time uh, since September 2021. Probably just need him to put one away again, I think. Good luck. I hope he does. It's, a, it's been a... Great horse. You know, there's not many horses can go to Singapore, race at the top of the tree there, then come back to Australia and win a Group 2. We don't see that too often. So it's been a great horse for Cliff. I'm sure he'd love to see him bounce yeah, back to form. absolutely. risk him a little bit. Hi, Matt. Can you please thank Uncle Barry for Charterhouse last week from Holly? Thanks, Uncle Barry, for Charterhouse last week. Who's Uncle Barry? I'm not sure who Uncle Barry is. My grandmother, long dead, was Honora Catherine Wilson. Cliff has a filly called Honora Honor Galore, so I like the name. How is it going? Sorry, I forgot to ask you, Cliff, but can you send us back a little note to let this listener know? Um, Be on your best behaviour this morning, Matt. It's not millions, it's millions. That's Pete. Oh, my God. No, no, I don't mind that. I I must learn. I must learn. Hey, let's have a look at the first race at Caulfield. Mm. Gee, there's some... Getting to that stage where we start to see some of these really nice potential blue diamond types roll out. Yeah. The $1.4 million Media World, who Pete Snowden gave a good rap without a spectacular rap this morning. So, Don, we'll start with you. What's the, the Merson Cooper market? So, if the Merson Cooper, the favourite for James Cummings, put up 380 with us, now into 340. Money has come for Anissa, though, on the second line of betting. Had been as much as 480 in the early trade, now 360, which is the shortest quote it's been. Little Easy as Media World had been installed as favourite. 270 is now 440. And there has been a move for Flattered, too, for the Pain Stable. Had been $15, now 750. Best backed with us is Anissa, ahead of Flattered. And Centre Square, the $10 shot, is the third most popular. How do you see it, Chuck? Uh, nothing really screams back me off the jump outs, does it? Uh, Media World, I think I liked its trial in Sydney better than the recent Flemington jump out. Express Yourself was, wasn't too bad at, at Mornington. Sort of looked like it was a bit on and off in that heat. Just obviously still learning. Uh, Alabama Express's progeny have made a, a ripping start to, he's to a, life he's, on the He's track. the new star kingdom. Well, well <laughs> he's, he's got a few out of the box, I think, a bit earlier than people might have thought. So, yeah, he's going well. Flooded's jumped out okay. Uh, Voila has gone okay down the bottom. Uh, it's trial in Sydney. The, the two leaders kind of pumped along at a decent speed and were ridden out. It was sort of widest of all and kept under a bit of a hold and went to the line pretty well. Uh, the, the interesting one is Stormberg, for mine, opened at $9 off what was a pretty faultless sort of win at Ballarat. I know it was a small field, but gee, just went up the inside, won as he liked, looked pretty straightforward to me. $9 out to $18 was a leg falling off in the last 
24 is, hours. Is, is that the abandonment story, uh, Don, for Stromberg? Uh, $9 out to 18 is it? Well, we've taken more money for Stromberg than we've taken for Media World and for Express Yourself, who's a 9.50 chance. So, yes, there's limited money for Stromberg, but certainly more money than uh, for it than a couple of other horses that are shorter in the market. Race day experience counts for so much with these two-year-olds. Anisa got a bit wrong uh, at her debut in the Ottawa and still ran really well. Stormberg didn't get much wrong at all, and he's sitting there at eighteen dollars. Maybe oh, it's not a betting race for me. I'm interested, always interested in the debutants, see how they go, and see what comes out, and, and what trial form looks good, and what stables have got the two-year-olds firing early. But oh, for a sake of a tip, Matt, I'll put Stormberg on all top right. at eighteen bucks. But yeah, why not? Yeah. Uh, and 18 might be the peak price. It probably can't get out further than that. I wouldn't so. have thought. It's crazy. For one start, one win, and there was nothing wrong with the win. Mm. Well, I don't know. I just think it's a bit, nah. bit nuts. Yeah, outrageous. A bit like me sometimes. Bit yeah, nuts. bit nuts. Um, what do we got here? Uh, can you please fly a ham up to beautiful... Um, don't you hate it when it updates and you can't read? Beautiful Burley Waters. Matt from Gerard. Hey, Matty. Are you going to give the hams away to listeners this year or are you taking them home again for yourself? And that's <laughs> opening up an old wound from last year. Good morning, Matt and team. I think our best beaches in Perth are Brighton and Scarborough. Early morning and summer walks and a swim whilst turned into RSN are sensational. Yeah, I, I wouldn't disagree. I wouldn't disagree. I, I'm more a sort of a, uh, a swim. I, I don't like it. It's too busy at Scarborough for me. Car park. Too much going What's on. What's the least shark infested of them? <laughs> uh, not Cottesloe. Cottesloe tends to be very shark infested, and certainly down south is pretty shark infested. In oh. fact, it's all shark infested. So mm. uh, you're best not going into the uh, into the beach or the river at all if you're worried about sharks. Oh, well, put a damper on the whole reason to go over <laughs> in the first place. Get yourself a pool. It's, it's a lot of people are getting eaten daily, though, Matt. I, I think it's there, there, enough. there, there, there are, are enough. There are enough. There are enough. There are enough. There are enough. Okay. We've got. A, I've got a chat group where whenever it happens again, someone goes. Uh, Told you, happening again. Well, most morbid chat group I've ever heard. It of. is like clockwork, though. You'll be at the beach, the sirens will go off, everybody just strolls casually out of the water, and we wait for the sirens to turn off, and then back in we get. It's what? very much like clockwork. What is that a chat group called? <laughs> yes. Funny enough, given your surname, that you're not on it, but uh, <laughs> race two, 1800 metres. Chief Vesmi was good the other day. I don't know whether he can nail this, but he's a big brute of a thing. Uh, uh, what's the market doing here, Don? So Awash is the favourite for Jamie Carr and best backed with us. Five fifty, it was put up, is now four eighty. Starian on the second line of betting happens to be second most popular. Would you believe seven into six fifty? Montaitha is a little easy at six fifty out to seven. Movers at longer odds. Russian dancer from the inside draw is ten dollars into eight, and Aria Electria is the other dimension, fifteen dollars into nine. But Awash best backed, then Starian, then Russian dancer. I reckon Vasmi will run well here. He's a giant of a horse and he'll carry the weight. Um, what do you reckon, Shark? Uh, yeah, he, he's a... Look, there's not a massive spread in the handicap, is there, no. really? You know, 62 and a half, and he's the one at the bottom sitting there at uh, 55 and it's a 64 Raider, so it tells you a bit about the uh, depth of the race or lack thereof. It's uh, another plain one for me. A wash just keeps winning. Sometimes we see these horses going when there's nothing sexy about a wash, but he just keeps getting the job done. Uh, they're awkward horses to oppose, but barrier 10 might be a different scenario for it this time around. I loved Starian's first up win. Was with her second up, just thought she was a bit flat. Drawn well, Daniel Moore, third up, at a trip where, you know, she's pretty effective, I think, that 16 to 2,000 metres. 
I'm inclined to stick with her. And the other one I thought that would run a really nice race was Riverina Cyclone, who they threw into a listed race at Flemington. Forgot you won that race. He's off running in the... Uh, what's its name? The uh, oh, He ran in the railway, sorry, last weekend. He's over there for the Kingston Town. Uh, that's a fair drop back in grade from yeah. a listed race with that sort of form reference to something like this. And he was run at Mooney Valley beforehand was pretty solid. So, yeah, Starian from Riverina Cyclone. But again, uh, I'm more interested in other races on the day. Okay. Well, let's see if one of those is race three. This is over 2,400 metres. Harmissian's out, number six, and so is number 13, Harangeen, Harrigane, uh, Don, what's the what's the market doing here? This is a, a staying race. Yeah, so Cadmus, the favourite here, trading only fairly today, four eighty to four sixty, now back to four dollars and eighty cents. Grand Pierre on the second line of betting had been six dollars this morning, was as short as four eighty moments ago, is now there at five. Fire Glow two for the Hayes boys, the one to highlight here with us, put up at eleven dollars in the early trade, is now six into five fifty, back to six. And if you want to play around the top couple in the market, then you might consider Cab. Bosch, who was double figures at $10 this morning, trims into $7. Best backed with us is Fire Glow 2. Three times the money taken for it than the money taken for the favourite Cadmus and Pesto at six fifty, third most popular. It's interesting, uh, Shark, isn't it? If Farago runs up to two starts back, or even last start in a way, he's going to be hard to beat, but Grand Piero seems to be the horse of the moment, is in, is in the best form. Uh, yeah, he, he is, and he hit the line well in that race behind uh, Cladmore last week. So, yeah, it's it's a pretty solid form reference. Andrew Bensley just letting us know. Starian's also in tonight, so okay. we might be able to split those two up, which could be handy. Haven't looked at the race she's in tonight, but, yeah, I would have thought it'd be a, if it's sort of comparable quality to tomorrow's. Race number four, 420 chance, Starian. Hmm, that might get some of mine tonight. Uh, I think a few of these are going up and down the one spot, to be honest. The two that I'm interested in and I'm happy to have a bet here are the two imports. Cadmus, number 11, who's probably more reliable than number 10 ruling at this point of the game. We've only seen ruling once. Got a bit sort of wayward the last 400 at Benalla. I think if he went in a straight line, he probably wins that race. Uh, but he wanted to lay in a bit and, and just have a bit of a look around. Cadmus, we've seen him... Four times in Australia. He's won two of three this prep. He's been out to 2,400 before at Ascot, of all places, beating a horse called Sweet William, who ran yeah. second in the Ebor this yeah, year yeah, and yeah. second in the Doncaster Cup. So he beat a horse like that by half a length. You would think he's only going to get better stepping out to this trip. He's already making pretty good inroads this prep. He's drawn well by Merton's rides. I think Cadmus is definitely a bet, and I'll have a smaller bet on ruling. And the rest, if they beat me, well, good luck. You know, we're talking about some pretty one-pace staying types here. Uh, if those two, 11 and 10, are going anywhere, they'll be taking care of these. Yeah, I like your logic. Actually, we might knock off one more. We're probably just dragging the chain a tad. My fault, of course. <laughs> Race four is over 1,400. It's the Twilight Glow. No scratchings as yet, and there's a little bit of form here. Don, what's the what's the story with the punters? So, best backed across the entire 10 race card at this early stage at Caulfield, Miraval Rose had been put up 230 with us, is now 210. Extremely rowdy, second most popular, and on the second line of betting, albeit a little easy, is 440 out to six. $15 into 750 now for Bizot. Right to party is $21 into 850 a good early move and then you're getting double figures the rest with not much happening as far as those longer odds. Best back, Miraval Rose ahead of Extremely Rowdy and right to party. Pretty short Miraval Rose now, Chuck. 
Yeah, short enough for me. I think there are a couple of nice fillies in this race. I reckon Miraval Rose has gotten at a silly price. It's a nice horse, but the way that race was run, it, oh, nothing was making ground that day, and it was in the gun spot sitting outside the leader. Wasn't able to run it down. I know it was beaten an absolute pimple, but still, the other horse did win. I just think it's a uh-huh. bit of an overreaction in the market. Bizot, number six, is a really nice filly. Uh, they could have gone to the 1,000 guineas with this off that roll-on-high Jolie Star form line. Uh, they opted to sit and wait for this race. I think it's going to be an inspired choice. I think she'll go and win this race, Bizot, and we'll see a really nice filly in the autumn months. Actually, that might be a nice segue to Wine Shop Dave because Bizot is a horse he alluded me to uh, quite some time ago, Billy. So we might even try and get Wine Shop Dave on now because yeah. I've got a feeling he's going to really pump up Bizot and he can tell the heroic story of what actually happened at this barbecue last night. Mystery. Yes. Well, he's he's the reason uh, you're still hosting. Well, he's the reason I'm here. He's the reason I'm here. <laughs> this better be a good story. You've promised no, the biggest no, cat in the no. world. You've well, promised the he wanted to story. he wanted to come on to, to enhance his own legend. We've apparently, already, so already touched on your bare buttocks. Like, yeah, I don't think there's any. Yeah, yeah. You know, you've built it up early, and we really need to deliver here. So, well, I'm expecting it's, a, it's going to be up to him to describe it dramatically enough. It's got to be a group one yarn from WSD. Oh, he he, he gets nervous when people put that sort of pressure on him too. He can't tell a joke. Race five. 1,800 metres, just folks going around. Ain't no deal done. This is a good race. No scratchings yet. Don, which way are the punters going? And then if I see Dave come up, we'll we'll get back to him. Yeah, look, punters are swaying in the way of ain't no deal done, despite showing a drift. Was put up as short as 2.30, is now 3.10. What I would say is there's not a whole lot of money in between. The money we've taken for ain't no deal done and the money that we've taken at tab for just folk. Just folk, $5 in the 3.80 second line. Keats is 5.50 in unchanged. Let's roll the dice, 7.50 out from six. And as far as other movers with an inward motion, swords drawn, $26 into 17, one of the rougher chances. Best back date, no deal done, ahead of Just Folk, and their swords drawn, third most popular. Just Folk needs rain, simple as that. What's uh, Is there much on the radar? If there is, he's, he's in it. If, if it doesn't come, his stats are just so glaring one way or the other, wet and dry, aren't they, Shark? Yeah, and a horse like uh, Keats as well. If he yep. gets a soft track, he's probably right in the game. Conversely, ain't no deal done, probably wants top of the ground. So I think we have to really wait and see on this race. I reckon Ain't No Deal Done is absolutely airborne. And the fact they uh, didn't go to that race a couple of weeks ago and save for this is a little masterstroke if they get their ground because this horse is flying with his run spaced and he gets that luxury again. Jump out at Flemington last week was very, very good. He just stoked up the last little bit under virtually... Uh, no riding, so I think he's ready to go. All right, one shop Dave's on the line. Not all heroes wear capes, he wears cardigans. How are you, Dave? <laughs> oh, good, mate. Glad, glad you're still here with us, mate. Now, this isn't like a, a Homer Simpson situation where he was going to eat an egg and you knocked the egg out of his hand and said, I saved your life because that egg would have given you high cholesterol. Is it, Dave? Like, you've got something sexier than that, surely. No, as one of the stunned bystanders said afterwards, they said it was one of the rare selfless acts of heroism. Because um, it starts with you having arachnophobia, so you had to overcome that very quickly, didn't you? Well, uh, that's when instinct kicks in, Matt. And um, uh, when I saw that uh, gigantic redback crawling towards you on your shoulder, going straight for your neck, 
I swear it got on its back haunches and was about to sink in inch long fangs into your jugular. Uh, that's when I leapt in. And I hit a forehand that a Korean professional table tennis player would be proud of. <laughs> is this Banjo uh, Patterson or Wine Shop? Mate, I'm telling you, this is, this is basically true what he's saying, and he flicked it, it off and then it disappeared into the garden. So, all right. Yeah, um, so, yeah, it was, um, it was one, of, one, of the, one of my great, great efforts of um, saving humanity. So, it really was. So the, the spider in question wasn't killed. It, it still lives, does it? It, it, it disappeared still, under the... Uh, yeah. Yeah, well, I did. I did. Well, I thought about that this morning. I did pull the blower back out and gave that whole uh, area a good, uh, a good run. So it's uh, it's gone airborne. Dave, we were asking the size of uh, of the offending spider, and I sort of said, was it a five cent piece? So what are we talking? Matty Stewart said more like a dinner plate. What what are we talking size wise? Uh, I think it was a subspecies. I think it was like <laughs> some sort of weird Jurassic subspecies. Looked like it had been crossed with one of those bird-eating spiders up yeah, in uh, far yeah, north Queensland. Yeah, yeah. It was uh, actually it, it, had, it was so big, Maddie's shoulder dropped by its weight. <laughs> and then I had a nightmare about getting attacked by giant spiders. Of course. Hey, Dave, let's get back on track. You're a massive bezo man. You're one of the best judges in Bayside down there at Seven D Bay Road. Uncorked wines. Yeah, yeah, it's um well, well I was obviously disappointed didn't go to the court field, oh sorry, thousand guineas. Uh, I thought I had a real chance at at least run a drum, which was a great result. But no, um but the form line out of its um lead up run is great. The two horses ran the Quinella in the thousand guineas. Didn't have any luck, had to ride a cold from the back because of the barrier. Um and I doubt they're gonna put up a track that it was his leader rail bias as last time. So I think you'll see it track will play a yep. bit fairer. Well, Shark so, likes yeah, Bezo, yeah. Yeah, I like that. And there's a little one today. Um, second race, thing called Sunset Beauty. Uh, it's um, no, no disrespect to the young girl that rode its first start, but it uh, fired up on her a bit and... Yeah, one of those horrible uh, half-lengthing the thing and inside it all the way, having its first start. So they got Paul Gad on that today in race two. All right. It'll uh, it'll it run well. It's about twelve bucks mark. Okay, for Troy Kilgower. Uh, good on you. Yeah. So what's the uh, if if uh, if Bezo wins today and you're feeling generous, what uh, what discount can you, you you provide for that clean skin in the front door and the epsilon half price? Oh, the one we. The one we drank so much of last night. Yes. Um, yeah, look, okay, yeah, for the viewers, I'll, I'll do it half price. Beautiful. Good on you, mate. Bye, WSD there. Uh, Jared's from uh, Burley Heads has texted in, what a hero, WSD, and I, I tend to believe with that. Uh, morning, gang. Matty, I need you to ask Sharky about a rumour going around. Gator told us about Sharky's footy career, saying it was a gun at training but a dud on game day. Oh, I don't like those. <laughs> Sounds like he's a bit of a moo-award. Um... Not completely far from the truth. Did get myself onto some lists that I probably shouldn't have. And, yeah, didn't last long on a lot of them. Uh, Eked out, out enough, though. I once got paid a fattened lamb, Matty, for a guest appearance. Really? So what did you play up in banjo country or something? It's a long story, but there was a, there was a bit of cash on the line for this particular local derby. And, yeah, I was at uni in the country and... Some conversations were had, and they said, "If you can come and just be a ring in, there's a fattened lamp for you. If we get the job done, a, a live one, 
Unfortunately, yes, it was live. Did you take it back to uni? Uh, <laughs> did it become the uni mascot or did you actually... mowed <laughs> the lawn in the backyard at my sister's place for a while and I didn't, didn't quite know what to do with it. And I think we just let, let it go in the wild. But um, yeah, anyway. You know domesticated lambs can't survive in the wild? Wow. Hey, let's do race problem, six. Let's do race six to Kevin Heffern and then we'll take a break and then we'll try and nail the quaddy. Uh, Kevin Heffernan, by the way, was an absolute legend. He was a lovely man. Um, what are we doing here, Don? The Inferno, are punters still in his corner? No. In fact, punters were never really in the Inferno's corner. 70% of all the money taken on the race here with Tab is with Valana, the favourite, who has put up 280 with us, now as short as 220. Unusual culture on the second line of betting is $6, now 550. King Magnus is there at 6, 650. The Inferno out from 5. And uh, at longer odds, Glint of Silver has been spec 2. It's showing 21 out to 23, but it's the third most popular in the race. So best back Valana, then Unusual Culture, then Glint of Silver. <laughs> This is an SMS. I had a red back get me 15 times when it got in me T-shirt. 15 times? And I sat back in my truck, still here, so not a definite life saver. Well, each to their own. I don't know who you are, your hero, but you've, you are a survivor. times? Yeah. I was bitten by a white tail on the neck once, and I was dead set crook as a dog for two weeks. You know, yeah, if a huntsman gets you, it hurts. It really hurts. A huntsman hurts, you know. If you he... know the other thing about huntsmen? There's always two. So you see one, and you... Kill it, right? There's, they've always uh, got a mate. No, they all get creatures around in great pairs. and small end up out in the garden for me. I can't. No, well, see, this is what happened. A, a friend of mine we'll had one We'll stop killing them and then the other one won't get revenge on you. A friend of mine had one in his bedroom on the wall and he sort of shooed it away but didn't kill it. And he woke up later that night and it was in his mouth. Oh, dear. Huntsman. Uh, let's let's get back on track. <laughs> Just recap again, so, Don. Sorry, Don. image is so cruel. <laughs> What do we got, Don? Uh, so Valana, yep. seventy to seventy-five percent of all the money taken with us at Tab with the favourite Valana, two eighty down to twenty. Second most popular uh, is, if I can get this back up, second most popular is Unusual Culture, and then Glint of Silver, third most popular at twenty-three dollars. Are you in? You've sort of almost mounted a case for the Inferno earlier, Shark. Are you going to have something on him? Uh, probably not. Falana's so short. Uh, yes, it was unlucky in the River Clark, but so was Crosshaven, and Crosshaven is $10. I think they're your, t- your, your two key runners because, really, some of these, boy, uh, wouldn't have thought they'd be appearing in a Group 3 race, but anyway. Unusual Culture is a useful mare, isn't she? And I think the how now run is probably enough to get most people over the line with her as the fresh blood but i just wonder whether crosshaven who was similarly unlucky in that rupert clark might be the overs here yes he hasn't won for a million years but the flemington run was really good behind spacewalk i wouldn't write him off on that rupert clark run he is a dangerous option against the favourite in this race, who I think, yeah, legitimately can win the race for Lana. Definitely can win. Happy days if you love it. But boy, it's short. Alrighty, that's six down. We're going to take a break and we're going to work our way through the quaddy, which will probably cross through 10 o'clock, which is fine. Mike Moroney's going to join us to talk about the enigmatic banker's choice in the zipping. And then Cindy Alderson's going to join us to talk about Jigsaw a little bit after 10. And then we'll try and find some winners all around the place, including the Jericho Cup on Sunday and including the Winter Bottom at Ascot on Saturday with uh, Don via the, the Tab Fixed Odds. Inside the weekend's biggest races, RSN 927's Racing Polls and Friday Form Focus.
Alrighty, it's now time to find the quaddy at Caulfield. Funny enough, the race seven at Caulfield is the Sandown Guineas, so that the name just won't let go. Uh, it's over 1,600 metres, Shark. The scratching is number five. This has been a race that's provided... What was the 250 to... Sender. Remember Sender? 250 to one winner, uh, trained by Rocket Douglas many years ago, owned by Jonathan Munns. Is there a sender in Hong Kong? Yeah. Is there a sender here, um, Don? Uh, look, there possibly is. Not quite at those odds, but it's $17 I can do you for Sunset Dreaming, who's been really popular with us. $19 into 17 It's actually the second most popular in the race, but only $1,000 separates the top two as far as money taken with the tab. Most popular has been Mowdown, uh, who's on the second line of betting $480 into $4. Favourite still Arkansas Kid, despite lukewarm interest at two thirty. And, uh, well, there's been a nibble too for Mauricio. Uh, despite the drift 11 out to 15 it's there or thereabouts as well. So, so best backed with us is Mowdown ahead of Sunset Dreaming and Vivier at 650 is third most popular. It's a bit of a after the event type field for me, Shark. Uh, I'm not one or two of these might be promising, but I'm not sure it's uh, you know what I'm saying. The sell your horse to Hong Kong guineas. Mm. Yeah, uh, this is this race is absolute proof of why we need to get Racing Australia sorted out so we can reassess group status, this has not been a group two in years. This is the worst group two race you've ever seen in your life. Mm. It, it is a listed race. This race has become a listed race. Don't, you know, text in and complain. It's a fact of the matter. Look at who's been winning it, where they've gone, everything else. See in heaven last year was a decent result. But away from that, come on. It's it's a listed race at best. It's This is not group two quality. Who Arkansas, wins this listed race? Arkansas Kid has been racing against better quality horses than this. I thought his Caulfield run was excellent. On a day where you had to be back inside and on speed, he was not. He kept running on, kept staying on. I thought it was a really tough run. It's only fifth run into this race. I know others are, are sort of earlier in their preps, but they're also plain. Like recent maiden winners and horses that have got 60 ratings. We're talking about a horse here with a 92 rating against everything else in the 60s plus Vivier. Vivier and Arkansas Kid are the only, really, they're, they're the two right. possible winners for me. Sunset Dreaming has ability and potential to, to go on and, again, wasn't suited by uh, the the track last time in that Run Harry Run race. But Arkansas Kid ran away from it, I thought. They're the three for the quaddy. Arkansas Kid wins, saving Vivier. The rest, if one of them beats me, good luck to them because, man, the, the form lines, it should just be truckload Arkansas Kid this race, really, <coughs> if he enough. runs to form. All right. Some of these, come on, like Maddie. All right. No, this is good because it means we can go skinny in the first leg of the quad. So Arkansas Kid and Vivier, that's all we need because the rest of them are wool my class, according to you. But uh, And, of course, good luck to all the connections. Yes. <laughs> hey, um, this is a race that's very close to Mike Moroni's heart. You know why? Why is that? Because of sound. Remember what sound did? I remember sound. Yeah, sound was an absolute legend. There's no sound in here today, but he gave Mike Moroni so much pleasure... And Mike's going to try and get a bit of pleasure out of uh, Banker's Choice uh, tomorrow. How are you, Mike? Yeah, well, thanks. Well, Wasn't he an, a lovely old horse sound? Who, who, he sort of got better from 8 to 10 and uh, and had this race uh, wrapped around his little finger. Yeah, he did. Um, there, were, there were two really good wins, and he's now uh, serving mares at the moment. So, oh, um, I think a bit geriatric, up. isn't it? <laughs> yeah, I suppose so, but... Uh, <laughs> Hey. He, got, he got about six mares just to um, you know, be my wood owl vets. Actually, got him down there at Mornington and just served a few mares with him. That so, um, 
he got a really good home. He looks great. Oh, beautiful. And he's a, he's a beautiful horse. And I remember when he first came out, I remember meeting you at Werribee one morning and there was a lot of expectation. And I think he suffered an injury early on and that's what delayed his career. But I think you were rewarded for it in the end, weren't you? Yeah, we were. Um, look, he was just one of those horses that just took a little bit of working out. But once we did get him worked out and he, and he sort of settled in properly, the way he went. And um, he's, he was a really good horse to us. And he won about 1.4 million or something like that in prize money. So he did, did a really good job. And he was by a Japan Cup winner. Um, he was a full brother to a German derby winner. Um, and strange enough, when we looked up his one as breeding and then his form, he actually won as a two year old. Um, so he had longevity. Mm. Um, he won a 1,500 metre race as a two year old. I think it was his only start or his second start. And he trained on all the way through. I think he was Group 1 place in, in Germany um, behind the horse of um, the Dolphins that won the Caulfield Cup. Um, all the good? So he did a really good job. And, and, and when you look back at his pedigree, he's related to Tom Rolfe and all these champion stallions further back. It's um, quite amazing when you yeah. go to his pedigree. He's uh, certainly got the, the who's who's of, of, of champion race horses and size further back at his um it is pedigree. All right, and there was a dash of that. We did a pub gig recently uh, in front of an intimate audience, you might say, uh, Mike, uh, and uh, I put it to you that <laughs> that uh, Bagger's Choice was a good thing at Caulfield the next day, and you said, oh, 62 kilos, and in the end, you were right, but that's not the scenario this time. What, what are we making of Bagger's Choice? Look, he's got to be able to get the mile and a half, but what we've done, we, we've put the, the earmuffs on him, because he just does get over races. As long as uh, it looks like it's going to be quite truly run, um, if that's the case, it'll really suit him. But he's untried in a mile and a half, so you'd have to be hoping that he does get a mile and a half. Um, we thought it was stage of his prep, and he's nice and fit, would have a go at it and just see where, where we sit doing that. So um, he's by a Caulfield Cup winner. Um, so he's certainly um, a chance of doing it. He, he won a heavy track Ballarat Cup, Mike, and ploughed through it that yeah. day. So that, and he won by some margin, too, by memory, didn't he? Win he's by a couple of lengths. He's, he's a good horse, horse, but he's just got to get the right. Mix going, doesn't he? He does. Well, he, be, he beat the tissue that day. Um, so, you know, it's, it's very good form as it's transpired. But um, he's, uh, if you can get him right, and if we do get, keep getting rain, um, I suppose he's got to, he's just got to get that mile and a half. That's your little query. Hey, um, New Zealand's warming up the summer carnival, and you've got some stokes in the fire over there, including a very nice two year old. What's uh, the latest with? what we can expect over the next couple of weeks from your team over there? Yeah, well, look, we've got a really nice two-year-old called um, Savagli over there, and he'll be aimed at the Magic Millions. Um, we had a really nice three-year-old winner um, at Tiara at Long Odds at $23, which is quite strange he paid that because he showed a lot as a two-year-old, kept sort of bounding with Shinsu on us, and um, then he, we probably ran him in the wrong trip to some of a thousand. He was disappointing, and then he came out at Tiara and, and was in quite a good field, and... He'll be aimed towards the Magic, Magic Millions um, mile for the three-year-olds. Um, he's, he's a horse called Pendragon. And we've got a really fast filly that runs um, uh, on Saturday in the stakes race. And we stepped up to 13.50. Uh, and she looks very good at 1,200 at this stage. But it's a stakes race, so we thought we'd have a go with her. Okay. A called Shoes. All right. Um, and she was impressive when her maiden last start too. So, but two of our up-and-coming ones over there. We've got a pretty young team there with the retirement of a few. Yeah, right. Um, so we're... Um, but there's, there's some nice ones over there. I've been there. I, I spent a week there um, with the Magic... Uh, sorry, the, the, the Bread and Run sales. And then uh, and spent time down at Matamata looking at the wall, and there they got a nice bunch of horses. 
Alrighty, beautiful mate. Well, good luck with Banker's Choice. He is he is hit and miss, but he's he's good as good. So uh, we'll see how he we'll see how he rolls. Okay, thank you. Thanks, Mike. Mike Maroney there. Geez, entertaining at a at a function. I tell you, if you if you don tab functions, get Maroney there every time. Uh, I remember at a VRMA function at Corford at the Glasshouse once he arrived and just sat down at a table with a uh, bottle of Pinot and regaled. He brings his, he brings his own Pinot. Regaled us for a long, long time with stories. You're oh, right. Very good company. Sensational. <laughs> You're listening to Friday Form Focus, brought to you by the Moey Racing Club. Check out the tickets and packages now for Moey's. Ian Grant's Caravans Caravans Christmas Party Race Day, Friday, December 8. Caravan, caravan, caravan. We're going to take a break, and then at the other end of it, the guys are going to come through with their thoughts. The market from Don for the zipping, Shark's thoughts, and then we'll rattle through the last three races. Cindy Alderson still to join us to talk about Jigsaw. Inside the weekend's biggest races, RSN 927's Racing Polls and Friday Form Focus. Which is brought to you by Moey Racing Club. Check out the tickets and packages now for Moey's Ian Grant's Caravan's Christmas Party Race Day. Friday, December 8, moeyracingclub.com.au. Oh, that's it. <laughs> I was waiting for you to go somewhere. Well, I was, I was waiting to butcher the name of the race day again. Caravans, caravans, caravans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's right. Um, all right, let's move on. Right. Thoughts? Where would you like to go? Market, uh, Donald, for the Zipping Classic, please, sir. I can give you that. Now, Duke de Sessa, the favourite here, had been the fourth pick when final fields were confirmed. That was at $6. It's now into $3.80. It's been really well supported with us at TAB. Vow and Declare on the second line of betting, put up at four eighty, is now four twenty. Shares the line with Miramasa, who's been trading any fairly. He was four forty out to four sixty, now back to four twenty. And the mover here has been Banker's Choice. Put up with us at $21, is now eight fifty. Best back Duke de Sessa ahead of Miramasa, and Vow and Declare is third most popular. And Huetor isn't right. Running because he wasn't quite right, according to Pete Snowden this morning. Where are they uh, going with Huetor next? Well, Huetor, Huetor, uh, he said he's going to find a race for it in the next few weeks. Huetor, so, to put Huetor. Is there a Christmas Cup in Sydney or something for Huetor? I don't know, but he's ready to win. Mm. I was, you know, mildly excited about him turning up in this race, but unfortunately, he is not. So. We move on to plan B. You said mildly excited because it was, it would have been a bit exciting, but it wouldn't have, you know, spun your wheels. Well, mildly, you know. Yeah. Miramasa, win, 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 win again? He's going to be very hard to beat, isn't he? We know about the majority of this field, except him, really. And he's since he's been gelded, he is going absolutely in the right direction. Uh, it's he's, he's nearly irresistible, isn't he, with Daniel Moore again from another great draw. He's going to have a really efficient, economical run. Some of these, again, they've probably been to their peak and they're on the way back down. Uh, he has to be your top pick, I think, unless, Matthew, there is rain on the day. If this track gets to a soft five, I've been waiting patiently for Duke de Sessa to get onto a wet track this spring. Good fours are not enough. He needs soft and Wetter. So if he gets a soft track... As opposed to wetter. Wetter. You like what we did there? Wetter. Yeah, exactly. Uh, if if we get a soft track, Duke de Sessa can turn tables on Miramasa from Flemington, but he must get his ground. I think the Nine Knowledge and Serpentine, will, they'll, they'll run along a bit here, won't they? I think they will. Yeah, I think they will. And it'll suit both of those horses. Mm. Both Duke de Sessa and Miramasa love to stay, as does Vow and Declare. I uh, heard Mark Hunter this morning make a really good point about 
Uh, his run in the Melbourne Cup. He was up near the speed on a really strong tempo. He kept staying on. Another top 10 finish for him in a Melbourne Cup. He's been such a good horse. And he's having a great prep. So Vow and Declare could easily win this race as well. I think they're probably the deny knowledge to lead all the way? It's a possibility. Uh, she's going to have some really strong stayers chasing her. But, yeah, she's a, what, a 10-length winner over 2,200 or something, wasn't she, at Geelong yeah. once upon a time? I know it's Geelong, uh, but if you're winning by 10 lengths over 22, you, you're, you've got some pretty good aerobic capacity. Yeah, and mix, mix big on her aerobic capacity. So, Well, he gets it tested out here with Jamie Carr riding. But, mm. no, I, I'm a, a ground-determined selection here. Muramasa, if it's good. Duke de Sassa, if it's soft. Vow declares the third banana for the quaddy. I'm, I'm going thin in the quaddy tomorrow. I reckon it's a gettable one. One right. seven ten. Just one to read out before I forget. Sharky, what do you think of my girl Zali in race five at the Valley tonight? Drops nine kilos and had a good barrier and is praying and he's paying forty one dollars. What? Uh that sounds like an interesting scenario. Gavin Bedgegood's training's got it racing really well. Yeah, Bedgie, if you like it. Bedgie, if you're listening, give us an emoji uh, about my girl Zali got tonight. Got down Lady Tino, who's unbeaten and who just keeps leading and winning. So that right. might be a slight task, but yeah. Gavin, Gavin's $41. a confident trainer. Let's. Uh, he hasn't emojied me yet. Uh, the, the race nine is the summoned stakes over 1,600 metres, Don. It is indeed. We've got a 280 market favourite here in Revolutionary Miss, who's put up 320 with us now at 280. Thalassophile has been popular. On the second line of betting is six into five. There's Wallenby at six. Uh, Picaroon on the move, $10 now into $9, and uh, not much happening as far as movers at longer odds. Now, this is interesting. The Rammer Ruffy for this week is Lady Jones. It was the fourth most popular this morning, about 9.30. It's now the best-backed runner. We've written $16,000 worth of bets since Mark Hunter made it his Rammer Ruffy. So, 16,000. It's their individual bets. Uh, so it is now best back to head of Thalassophile. I don't think I'd like to be accused of being a Thalassophile, but then again, I don't know what a Thalassophile is. Neither do I. Uh, let's Google SMS. It, no, no, let's leave it up to the SMS Googlers for what is a Thalassophile. Well, I oh, know what I it am. is. You are a Thalassophile. What are we? Well, should we leave it to the text? Leave it to the text line, see whether there's anyone that knows. I'm, uh, I'm certainly one as well. It's topical. Topical this morning at the top of the show. Yeah. Okay, okay. Oh, oh, has it got to do with creepy crawlies? No, 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 okay. Matthew. Believe me, no, you, no. Are, you are a Thalassophile. All right, well, let's wait. I want the SMSs to tell me what it is. All right, so, Shark, are you tipping the Thalassophile? Uh, yes, I am actually one of well, my more one. confident bets of the day, Maddie. I think it'll just about win this race. It's back from two thousand meters to sixteen hundred is just a Chris Waller shake and bake, isn't it? And the Tessio Stakes run was really good. Uh, the Angst run to Renaissance Woman was really good. Again, this race drops right away. We've got seventy Raiders here that need to step right up, and then you've got horses like Thalassophile, who yeah needs to probably win another race, but. Uh, has been doing its business in, in stronger races than this. Two down the bottom that I think must go in your quaddy. Kind gesture was really good mm. first up at Flemington. And I reckon this might be a little bit of a target race. Craig Williams sticks, which is a good sign. And long time dreaming number 10 is absolutely airborne. You won't see two easier wins than the 58 at Warrnambool and the 70 at Donald. I know it's a huge leap. But this horse is in good, good form. Righty-ho, and then we get to race 10. This is over 1,200 metres. The scratchings are 12 and 15. We're going to grab Cindy Alderson, who's got the world's biggest cat. She sent me photos of today. She knows I'm looking for a cat, and Cindy, I wouldn't get that thing through my front door. 
but we'll put them on the uh, the RSN oh. website to give you an indication. I meant to call you during the week. There was there's a up the farm. There was a person in Edafail who had a sign up saying free kittens, and they were just give, giving away free kittens in Edafail. I'm not sure if they're still there. Sorry, I forgot to text you. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> moving on. <laughs> uh, this is relating to Thastalassophile, but I don't think these people are quite onto it. So we'll get to it. Cindy Alderson is really smart. She will know. She will dead set know. Race 10's over 1,200. Vongole and little Miss Gusta are out, 12 and 15. Cindy, what's a thalassophile? Hello? Hello? What's a thalassophile? Hmm. Don't know. Do you? <laughs> ah, a sea lover. Someone's just put up. Yeah, yeah. Lo- we are both thalassophiles. Yeah, yeah, the ocean. Yeah. I got a bit worried about it, but it's it's a sea lover, Cindy. Well, it might like wet tracks. Maybe, maybe it will. Unlike Jigsaw. This is true. You happy you saved Jiggy Jig from Cranbourne to run in the last Jiggy race tomorrow? Jig. <laughs> well, I will be if the if the track stays firm. That's for sure. But there is this bizarre Melbourne weather. Who knows what's going to happen? No, that's true. How did he recover from his little encounter with Imperatrice? It took him a while. He wasn't um, he wasn't happy about that at all. He's kind of like, you know, those bully schoolyard bullies. He likes to beat up on people, and when someone beats up on them, they get a bit sooky. Cindy, well, he had such a good sort of autumn, late summer prep earlier this year. Is he a bit flat this time around from that? He could maybe make that case, but I mean, I think strategically, if you look at it and on its own, like he was probably winning races that weren't of the same level that he's competing in at the moment and carrying a lot less weight. So his two runs, his preparation, he probably hasn't run um, against anything as strong as that last preparation, apart from when he ran the William Reed, obviously, which he was beaten in. So there's, there's the jury's out a little bit on whether it's just that class has caught up with him, or um, is he a bit off? And I suppose I'd like to have given him a run in a race like the Apache or, or the Doveton, hopefully on Saturday, to really find the answer out to that. But um, work-wise, he's been quite good. Um, blood pitch is always excellent. So there was, and, and soundness is not an issue. So there's never been a, anything significant to say he's not come up, but that's also a possibility as well, which we should find out on Saturday. Linkers off, crossover nose band off, tongue tie on. Yeah, that was sort of something I was probably... It's actually no difference. It's, it's what he's been racing in the whole time. But uh, the desperate trainer decided to put blinkers and a crossover on after Moody um, Valley and then changed her mind and said, don't be so stupid. Yeah, no, that's a sign of weakness. There's no doubt about that. <laughs> <laughs> now, tell us about uh, this gigantic feline that you have in your home and you're sending me photos of. What's Is this the one that I'm supposed to be getting? Uh, well, I thought about it for you, but I think he's got too much character for you. He's quite a unique individual, old Ian. Um, <laughs> Ian. He's 14 years old, and I adopted him. He's a Burmilla, and I adopted him from North Melbourne Pet Place because I thought, well, no one else is going to give a 14-year-old cat at home. But I don't know if he's got dementia or what, but he's got quite a few personalities, old Ian. So oh. never having owned a cat before, I'm not sure how to interpret his Was Ian, Ian before you got him or did you name him Ian? 
Uh, I'm, I'm afraid he came with that name. I can't lay claim to that. But I thought I think that's half the reason why I picked him. I, I thought th- that's such a cool, cool name for a cat. So you're on the lookout. My mate Meredith's on the lookout. Sharky reckons he's found someone has seen a sign in Eithervale saying free kittens to any home. So yeah. this may actually happen in the next few days. Well, that, that was a fact because I ran into a friend and her son had turned up with a cardboard box. Son is 11. Turned up with a cardboard box with two of the said kittens in it on Wednesday night. So they were duly taken back to the premises. So there's at least two there, Matty. All right. That's it. I've got to do this. I've got to prove I can do it. Hey, Cindy, what's the final word on Jiggy Jig, Jigsaw? Uh, let's hope we get him bouncing back to his form. Um, that doesn't look to be a lot of pace, so I'm hopeful that we can get back on the winner's scoreboard on Saturday, provided the track stays in good order. Beautiful. Good on you, Cindy. We'll see you out Thanks, there. Thanks, guys. Bye. Uh, righto, Shark. Can Jigsaw win? Uh, I want to see him probably return to form, Matty. I just think he's a little bit off his best this time around. I'll tell you what can win, though. This Japanese horse, Lord Asion, it can win. It could win. It's a Group 1 winner in Japan. Over what? Didn't even know it was in. You didn't know it was in? Well, no, I haven't... uh yeah, I, I haven't done my form yet. Oh, that, oh hmm. it won the NHK Mile Cup uh, in 2020, but since then it's been placed at That's not Group like four Two. Years le- ago. Well, it was placed at Group Two level in December last year, and it's been going around in some pretty strong races. And this doesn't look to be overly endowed with well, quality. Let's go back to you, Don, to get a mm. bit of clarity on Lauder Sion and Jigsaw and the others. What's the how are we going here with the market? So Garnardi's best backed here, twice the money taken for it than the money taken for Jigsaw, who's second most popular. So Garnardi is four dollars into three ninety. There's five fifty out from four forty Jigsaw. Prowling on the move, seventeen dollars into nine dollars and Lauder Sion, as you mentioned, nineteen dollars now into nine fifty is third in the tab book. So Garnardi best back, then Jigsaw, then Lauder Sion. All right. So just sum up Shark? Uh, given the each way price available, Lord of Sion is the way I want to go, Matt. I think showmanship will be hard to beat. And Rangers, uh, you don't mind Rangers, do you? You're a bit of a Peter Snowden loves Rangers. It's his favourite horse. Yeah, okay. Uh, the Mooney Valley run was great. I think down the straight, we'd just probably forgive that one. Didn't look to me like he really knew what was going on down the straight. But yeah, I think it's a good chance as well. But Lord of Sion will get some of mine each way. All right. You got an overall sort of game plan for Caulfield? Yeah, I do. I'll back Lord of Sion. I'll back Thalassophile. And I think Arkansas Kid, Bizot, they'll be probably the four that I pin my hopes around on the day. Yeah, I think I'm a Bizot man. Uh, just go to the Cat Protection Society of Victoria and adopt a cat fully castrated and vaccinated. That's the best tip. Um, Don, give us uh, a market for the winter bottom, and uh, then we might have a look at the Jericho market. I can do that. So race number nine there at Ascot is the Group 1 winter bottom stakes. Overpass was put up as short as two fifty. is now out to $3.20. Ollie rides triple missile, currently on the second line of betting in a little easy with us. Five fifty now out to 7 Ripcord had been really popular early with us once final fields were locked in. $10 it was is now into 7 Oscar's Fortune trims $9 into $8. And uh, Hot Zed, not completely without fans, as is My Bella May. My Bella May, $23 into 16 But the best backed is Overpass, ahead of Ripcord. Any thoughts, Shark, on the Winterbottom? Well, Overpass brings Eastern States form. That often levels out pretty well, doesn't it? But, gee, Ripcord's win was just rude uh, last start. You'd have to think it would be in there with a, a massive chance. But... I'm probably leaning back towards overpass, I'd have thought. All right. Been there and done it. Yeah. Uh, you was, uh, there's a text here saying, what was the quaddy, please? 
the quaddy, yeah, do you right. Give quaddies? I can't remember. Yeah, what sort of vaguely we do. Uh, one eight nine into one seven ten into three five ten eleven into one four six. Don, the uh, Jericho Cup market took a mm. while, but it's there now. Can you take it us is. through? I really like one in it, and I'll, I'll alert you to it when you mention its name. Okay, there we go. So Jericho Cup is race number eight there at Warrnambool. It's up via the Tab app or Tab website. Guido has been put up as favourite with us. Was 350, now 360. Others prominent in the market here. Uh, as I scan down... Is Sunday Buzz, who's 440 out to 460. There's a 750 quote for Prismatic. And uh, the one I want to highlight here is Highland Blaze. It's a $26 hope. It's currently the best-backed runner in the field. So we've taken more money for Highland Blaze than we've taken for Guido. And Leather Jacket Lou, who's also at $26, is the third most popular this early. Wary Winkle, Aaron Purcell. Ooh, good question. It's currently fourth most popular at $18. Mm, you want to be on that one, Shark? Willie Wink. Sorry, Willy Winkle. Willy Wink? Willy Wink, yeah. Yep. You like that? I do. I thought it was good at the Valley. Champion Irish uh, jockey riding as well. Okay. Yep. Cool. All right, that's it. Uh, I backed last year's winner. So when are you heading down there? (laughs) Young Max and I are heading down tomorrow after the radio, and then we're staying in Port Ferry, and then we're going to Scone's 60th, and then we're going to the Jericho Cup on the Sunday. Scone. Gavin Canar, very famous racing man. Okay. Yeah, nice one. It's a. I haven't been to a Jericho meeting yet, but uh, oh, great time you did. Great, great, great event, and good on Bill Gibbons, who's you know lauded always when we talk at this meeting. But yeah, it's just incredible. I still my mind just spins at one man's want to get this day off the ground. It's just huge. It's Massive huge, effort. and it's getting bigger and better every year because it had a COVID interrupted everything, interrupted sort of short history, but it's. Absolutely flying, and I urge anyone to get down there. Can I give you one in the last? Yep. Cape Doctor, last at Warrnambool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Simon Wilde. Nice horse. Nice horse. Josh from Horsham's about to join us, so he'll have a take on it. Don, you've got a little... What's your country segment called? You find a... Oh, that country cracker. The country cracker. Country cracker. Do you know what? Country cracker. On a rare occasion, you've caught me disorganised. I haven't quite... You've been doing it for a week. I know. But if you gave me... If you if, if we talk to uh, to our Horsham man, give me uh, give me a couple of seconds, I can mm. find one. Otherwise, you might have to tune in first thing tomorrow morning for my country cracker. Oh, Joshy, save him, will you? He's, <laughs> he's coming ill-prepared. How are you, mate? Yeah, look, I'm good, boys. How are you going? Not bad. Have you got a Jericho thought? Uh, I was firmly with Guido before he come out and smashed them at um, the Valley the other week, so I'd, I'd loathe, to, loathe to leave him alone now, so I think it's probably it to lose. This is your time of year with nice country cups and across the border and all that sort of stuff. What have you got for us today? Yeah, no, just two. Just two today. I couldn't find too much at Mount Gambier today, and then um, there's nothing sort of country country Vic today, but we'll go to, we'll go to Yarra Valley tomorrow, race two, number 11, Geedy who's third up and fitter. Um, she jumped out really nicely before. I uh, Not having the best of luck first up, she was okay, but much better behind, like your way at Kyneton last start, was taking ground off the leaders there, which is pretty hard to do there. Um, she looks cherry ripe third up to break through from a good draw tomorrow. That's race two, number 11, Geedy at yeah. Yarra Valley. Yarra Valley, yep, yep. And then Shark, stay in your lane. Warnable race nine, number two, Cape <laughs> Doctor. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, threw away a hat-trick at Warnable last start, just lay in horribly in the run home. Um, settled for third, was still only beaten half a length. That was a mile, back to 14, looked suited. 
should get all the uh, favours. Linda Meach will give it a good ride, and I think it can win the last at Warnable on Jericho Cup Day. Tell me your reaction when you realise Sharky likes the same horse as you, and then, oh. Sharky, your reaction when you realise uh, Joshy likes the same one as you. Uh, Which one's more disappointed? Guilt from my side and probably regret <laughs> from Josh. <laughs> <laughs> no, I've just, just added another zero to the investment. <laughs> good on you, Josh. Good luck, mate. Nah, we'll talk soon. Thanks, boys. Josh from Horsham there. Um, Don, good yes. on you, mate. Thanks for stepping in again for the extended uh, stretch this morning. That's not a problem. Now, you put a bit of heat on me, so I've oh, come yeah. around. You just made one up. Here, country so. Cracker, the, the the concept of which is a great, a great friend of the people. The Country Cracker is where I have a look at the country race meets around Australia and just have a look where the spike in money for one particular runner catches my eye as being slightly unusual. I found one here. And, of course, we're, we're off a, a winner last week the country cracker, mind you. Was that up at Wodonga? Yes. Fr- yeah. uh, yes. Friday and Saturday's country cracker yeah. got up. So well, in, in, in form, looking well, for a hat yeah. trick. Double cracker. Singing his own praise. And <laughs> really plugging my own segment yeah. that the producer has not uh, allowed or is not across. So anyway, I'm going to take it to Mudgy. It's Mudgy Cup Day today, which has big dance eligibility. Race number one in the opener. Medina is the favourite at $1.75. The country cracker is on the second line of betting. Invasive Dreams was put up eight Dollars with us is now three sixty. There's only four cents in the dollar worth of deductions there, so that's a big move. Mm. It's currently nine times better back than the short price fancy there in uh, in Medina, dollar seventy five. So that's Invasive Dreams Race One Mudgy Selection Number Nine. It's the Country Cracker best backed off Broadway around Australia today. Yeah, to knock off the odds on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like that. I like that. Hey, good on you, mate. Thanks for coming in. Always pleasure. Uh, a pleasure. I think we're I think we're just sort of really moving along nicely with this segment, show. <laughs> yeah, well, Felgate, uh, what do they say in media? Don't take a day off. Don't take a day <laughs> off. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, Michael Sharkey, thank you very much as well, and I'll give you a full you, report from, um, from Warnable on yeah, yeah, Sunday. Yeah, please do. Looking forward to it.